we're live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 56 of Fans of Power. I am Joe Amato, and I'm here with Tyler T-Rex Baker. And how you doing, T-Rex? You all recovered from last week's episode, you know, the whole, you know, Thundercats thing? You, you recovered? You cool? Uh, thanks to my local, uh, you know, my local recall, I, I don't remember anything. I just, uh, I have it implanted in my head that it never happened, you know. Oh, uh, that This whole thing of a, a crossover uh, pitting uh, Skeletor and Mumra and then one ends up drinking the other, it just, I, I don't quite understand it because I've had it wiped from my brain. <laughs> Just gone. Okay. I thought there were remains of this this uh, abomination sitting over here in my collector's room. So I guess maybe it did happen, but I'd like to think that uh, I got my money's worth and that it never happened. Well, it's a moment. Um, have you had any requests for the remains of that comic? Any any requests at all? Probably enough, yeah. Somebody, uh, Michael, um, I forget what the last name is. I think it's, it's Michael J. Vickery. Yes, yes, his... Uh, requested the uh, the uh the remains of this uh <laughs> i don't know i don't know what the proper word to call it is i'm sure people can think of a couple of choice words here that that they can say off air that would be more fitting with that well i but, think it'll make a good yeah. home for him i mean he's a big collector so uh i think he'll enjoy having that as odd as it may seem uh it's gonna be a piece i'm sure he'll keep in his collection well, he's more than welcome to it. So, uh, Michael, if you're sincerely interested in purchasing it or whatever you want to do with it there, yeah, just uh, just let me know and we'll make that happen. <laughs> That's awesome. Created a new collector's item. So, yeah, that was a heck of an episode last week. But uh, this week, you know. I was going to say, you posting that picture must have spread because uh, uh, James Etock even con uh, like contacted me about it. Oh, no kidding, did he? What did he have to say? Because I did post a picture of you ripping it, and there was a lot of, like, comments. It was nothing negative. But some I, people I, was like, just, I was just curious. You know, I was just like, because I even said, like, you know, you saw that? Because I, I had no idea anybody shared it other than the uh, the page, your, your, your uh, all, um, ultimate page there. So I was just like, I wonder how, how it got spread out there, But I, which I thought was just, you know interesting but so uh, what he, did he say yeah what did he say i'm curious it was uh he was just like so you disliked it that much <laughs> and he, he was he was cool about it like he 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 um he understood it and uh you know we had a, a good a good chat about he said he liked it and you know i was like well i mean i said I, that's fine i re, you know i can respect that because i love his work anyway what he's done on the in the past with the review website and giving us information on filmation and stuff like that. Right. So, you know, you know, it, it, was, it was just like with you, you know, when you, you tried to find positive things in the first issue, like I'm, I'm not, I, I respect you too much and I respect James too, but he, he understood it. And he also felt too, that, you know, even though this is not being written by DC, that all the previous uh, garbage that DC threw out at us was dreadful. <laughs> And, uh, and I, you know, we both agreed on that. And they just, people just, are, they're not really eager to write good stories with these characters anymore. Obviously not, not the, the way that they, they put, at least to us, which obviously we're still talking about these things today. It's not something that's dismissive and just, oh, that's cool. I remember we, 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 you know, and not just you and me, but people remember 
the Golden Books, the mini comics, and the the DC mini series, and and the Star Comics, because whether the stories held up or the art really held up, or all of it all together, it um, we don't look back at it and kind of roll our eyes and think, well, for its time it was all right, but you know it just doesn't hold up. No, it's just not the case. So when you've got stories like this being so poorly written and, and treated with just like Oh, well, I guess I better get over here and, and um, try and uh, reinvent this whole mythology for uh, for the fans because, you know, I, I grew up watching the MYP series, so I, I, I know what it's like to be a big He-Man fan, not knocking MYP. Oh, I understand. I understand. Uh, but I, I'm, it's an inside kind of joke between me and Joe for people who, you know, oh, I had a He-Man figure as a kid, or I watched MYP. I'm like, this, is, this does not give you enough credit you know, that I feel like you just slide right into the position of writing something like this. But we've we've harped on this enough. We did it last last week, so I, I'm I really went off and attended. But point being, you know, I just thought that was interesting that James reached out to me. <laughs> over yeah, that he picture. Did. yeah, he did. He commented, like I said, because yeah, he's a good guy. You know, everybody, like you said, we can't expect everybody to either love or hate it. So it's always cool respecting each other's opinions. Because sure, we know that everybody's not going to dislike it, and sure, everybody's not going to you know love it, but. There's always an in-between. As long as everybody can respect each other, that's always what's cool. That's what makes everything good, you know, with being a fan of anything. Yeah, if I was to go out there and start bashing people because they, they praised or they thought something was cool or they thought, oh, this is so cool to have, like, you know, Snake Mountains tied to the Ancient Spirits of Evil. You know, I've seen I've seen too much bloodshed on social media. I like I, I want no part of it, you know. I've, uh, you know, you, you've dealt with it plenty and, and people who are listening to it have seen it. It may, they may even engaged in it. And I, I don't want no part of it. So, right, right. Definitely. But, uh, yeah. So, well, beyond all that, which like you said, I mean, you're going to have love and hate and no matter what, everything, as long as everybody's cool, I guess, uh, let's just talk about a couple of little, uh, recent things first, uh, super seven, as you know, I mean, everybody already knows up till November 30th, you have, you know, the time to pre-order those ultimate figures. And what's cool is, they showed uh, some packaging finally, and the packaging that they're doing is a nod to the old vintage style. Figures. Thank God. Yeah, that looks really cool. So I know they said, you know, it's like, you know, just preliminary little mock-up stuff, but that's cool. And also they'll have like in back of them, like a little photo card that is like an homage, if you will, to mini comics. So it'll look like a mini comic in back of them. But all it is is basically a card, if I'm not mistaken, with a bio of the character on the back or something. Yeah, yeah, the, the mini-comic insert is, is a comic book cover, a brand-new one, and so far we've seen th- three, three, at least three? I believe Four. so. No, yeah, three, three. Three of the five figures have, have got a mini-comic cover revealed for the package to kind of give it that nice extra kick when it's on display in your collector's room if you want to hang it on the wall or what have you. But if you take it out, you'll find a, a bio that's um, hopefully nothing reminiscent of the classic bios. Yeah, it'd be nice if yeah, those are just ignored. Maybe it'll be... Just, just copy something, uh, an episode of Filmation, you know, for Manny Faces. Just give us the, the, the summary for the episode, the, the mystery of Manny Faces. Yeah, and know. that's what I'm actually looking forward to, is I'm curious what they'll do with their bios. Like, in a way, I hope it's just basically telling a little description of that character and what would be even better, at least for me. And, you know, if people liked it, no problem. But I hope there's no real names. I'm tired of the real names. No, no, garbage. no, that- could have never been done, period. You know, it's one thing if it's G.I. Joe, but, you know, we, we don't need Webster, his real name is, you know, uh, Gary, you know, from, <laughs> right. from the house of uh, arachnophobia or something like that. You know, it's, right. 
But, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't mind it. Of course, I'm sure fans would, would probably argue it over. But if they had to do a bio, and I would much prefer not, no, like, in-depth story, but we don't know what we'll get. And, you know, obviously, you know, I'm more excited about having something that looks like a mini comic inside the package of the bios. But it would be interesting if it was done something like the uh, Marvel trading cards for, like, in the 90s where they had stats of, like, the strength. I like the, uh, You know, their – uh, projectiles, their vulnerability, and just like the old Marvel Universe trading cards, they would have like a, a you know, they'd have like bars for like their strength, their exactly. intelligence, stamina, like everything, dexterity. Yeah, stamina, all that stuff. I'm like, you know, I'd rather do that. Maybe a brief, you know, you know, summary of, you know, like Clan Champ decided to, you know, join up with uh, the Royal Palace as a bodyguard and, you know, intelligence, strength, you know, of course, he, he, he all his strengths would be through the roof anyway. <laughs> But I would accept nothing less. But just something fun like that. I mean, I'm I'm sure some fans who are fans of a particular character that may not get as high. I I, I don't know. All these guys are powerful dudes. I I really just think that. Well, like you said, they all would have some kind of different thing to where it evens out. Like yeah, of course, you know, I'm sure that you know, Roboto probably wouldn't do as well in water. You know, fighting Merman or something like that. You know, then unless Man at Arms decides to upgrade his armor to some sort of you know waterproof something yeah. like that yeah i mean I'm just course, hypothetical. yeah because like i said we know what that's probably not what they'll do but for the future that could be something fun trading t- trading cards with yeah. the characters and yeah you're right statistics on them that would be interesting yeah. so well that's the super seven thing you know and, and now, i'm looking forward to hopefully because we have not seen yet since obviously faker Raymond have not been revealed yet with their many comic cards of course if you look close you can pretty much kind of get an idea of what's what's being done but because like the Taylor one is like a nod to the King of Castle Grace cover. I've seen that. Both the roles are reversed, which I thought right. was really cool. Exactly. But we have not seen the back of these of of this this box art. We're like we don't know what's on the back. We don't know if there's going to be card art. Is there going to be pictures of like you know their action features, of what that character could do, and stuff yeah. like that? Will we, will we have a lineup of figures that they plan to do later? Like. The cross cell art where you had six heroes and six villains on the back, that kind of thing. That'd be interesting. Yet to be revealed yet. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what's on the back. That would be fun, whether they do that or just the simple just showing the figures. But, yeah, something to jazz it up because I think that's what, in my opinion, I really didn't um, – I didn't care for the classics backs, if you will, because, of course, they oh, have the horrible – Yeah, I mean, it was so bland, generic, generic bland, but... terrible bios, and plus – no art. I mean, all they did was take a little clip and put it in that little teeny avatar picture, if you will. But I missed, you're right, a nice big piece of art on the back, a quick little sentence saying what this person's, what they're doing in a battle. Those were always fun. I mean, that's why I said I kept every one of them from my childhood because they were so cool. Yeah, and I, I feel like if they're going to go all this way to put in like the idea of a mini comic in there in the exploding rock and the chrome lettering, you, you just can't help but feel like... <laughs> There's got to be something special, you know, on the rare end. Right. And hopefully this is beyond Ultimates for when they start doing their other new characters. You know, when we finally get... You know, like... if, they, if they decide they're going to, you know, re-release certain figures, I will go back and buy Lizard Man, Blade, Saurod, Gwildor, Mossman, Cyclone. I'll go back and, you know, repurchase other figures if, uh, if we're going to get, you know, new mini-comics with the exploding box art oh, heck yeah. and card art on the back or whatever the case may be if they if they decide to go that route. Yeah, that so, would definitely be a big resell uh, factor, you know, for those yeah, who are I, on I the fence. I would be up for it, but seeing, seeing this this week and the, the mini-comic artwork and all that stuff, I'm like, 
Yeah, I'm going to have to break down at least by one here and there. Eventually, I would like to get all of them because it would just look cool to have that on the wall with the rest of the vintage stuff back here. Oh, heck but, yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah, you got to have something to put up there since you got rid yeah, of something. But I'm definitely, definitely for this. I, I, I definitely was thought it was cool for, for people who didn't have them. But, you know, with this, I'm like, yeah, you got my money too. <laughs> that's the way to do it so like i said they're doing really well with you know their you know strategy and everything and the price point and all the other stuff of the re-releases of those it's great i'm sure the future of all new figures like i said i'm sure it'll be very bright so super seven they're doing fantastic and i can't wait to see what they'll do next now um a couple little shout outs to a couple fans one of our fellow listeners, Walt Hancock, it's his birthday today. So happy birthday, Walt. You know, we absolutely he's a clam jam fan, so he's already cool in my book no matter what. So there you go. So, yeah, so him hope a- you have a wonderful birthday, Walt. Yeah, definitely. And another one really cool is our buddy Chris Pawson. He's getting married today. So you know, like, congratulations on that, man. That's gotta be fantastic. He said he'd try to listen to the show later or something with his, you know now bride and what she did she posted in the masters of i mean he posted a picture of a cake she had done for him and it's a castle grayskull one now we've seen castle grayskull cakes before you know everybody has had it done somewhere or another but this one man they looked like they had a really amazing creator it looked like a sculpted little castle i was like oh man that's too bad you gotta eat that thing i wish you could somehow shellac it and keep it because did you see this? It was in the Masters of the Universe. It was an amazing cake. looking cake. They have like the like the treasure chest underneath it. Yeah. You know, it's like a I believe that's what it was. But it, it, it was just so nice. Like, yeah, it would be very hard to take that first slice into it with the cutting knife. I, I'd <laughs> like to think they took several and I don't know what the rear looked like. I kinda wonder if the rear looked anything like the vintage Castle Grayscale. So I hope they took a full, you know, five, six, seven, eight pictures of it to really had to really be able to remember that cake because it was a very in my hats off to his bride oh yeah uh, for doing that and supporting his uh his passion there with it's uh it's always awesome to to, to hear that a significant other loved one or family member supports uh our our passion you know, from from when we were kids and uh, obviously now when you're heading into a, a new chapter of your life so it's they're obviously in the step in the right direction. Oh, definitely. It's like he said. He was like, he's like, man, I got myself a keeper. And I'm like, yeah, you got yourself a keeper. She, she's she's definitely a keeper. So congratulations. I, I, I the th- she has like the He-Man theme music blasting for like their, their first dance together as like, you know, <laughs> as a husband and wife. You know, they're, they're that, yeah, that first slow dance. It just, it, they're just blasting the He-Man theme music or maybe even the movie theme music. Oh, oh. Uh, th- there's so many possibilities here, but I'm, that would be fun. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm just, I think how awesome that would be. Yeah. So that's cool. It's, I mean, it's always great when you can find your soulmate and, you know, definitely when she can connect with you like that, that's, that's cool. So again, congratulations. Wanted to give you a nice shout out on your uh, special day today. So, well, from there, Tyler, how about we move into, you know, speaking up, perfect pairs and stuff. How about we talk about matchups and not just uh, matchups of people against each other, but team ups, if you will, of people, whether it's uh, two guys, a guy and a girl, whatever, but in masters, pop new adventures, some of the best teams you would say. So we can go back and forth, but what's one of your most memorable teams you can think, you know, think of team ups. Always comes to mind. Always, always, always. Are the two teams of Mechanic and Buzz Off and Webster and Cobra Con? I had a feeling you were going to do the Cobra Con and Webster, but okay. It's it's just like you know. I hope people don't get tired of it, 
and I always just go right back to Disappearing Dragons, but it, it just, you know, I guess, I don't know if people have really experienced that episode the way that I did or had that kind of reaction to it. But, and I, I for, have forever linked those four characters as two tag teams. I mean, to this day, you know, uh, and they use it, it was used in many comics with He Man and the Instant People. You got Buzz Off and Mechanic. You got yeah. the Rock People to the Rescue. You've got Webster and Cobra Khan working together. So yeah. it even worked outside the filmation episodes. They were just, I don't know what it is. I just, I just thought this works. Like it just doesn't come off as like a casual team up. Like you're like, you know what? I buy this, you know, I, yeah, you I, I like think it. Yeah, you do. You like, yeah. When, when, you, when you got guys throwing nicknames at each other, you know, uh, when, uh, you know, buzz off and Mecca are calling, you know, Mecca buzzy, you know, and, um, you know, uh, web stores calling Carbogon snake puss. They have this kind of banter between the two of them, which already establishes that these guys work together outside of what happens in this episode. And I love that take. I love that touch. You know, it's just, just, it adds a little extra depth to those characters. Yeah. And it definitely makes it. So when you finally see them again on screen, you know, you do get excited and wanting to see these two always together. And then when they're, you know, like, with somebody else or off on their own, you're like, oh man, I'm missing this person. So, you know, I can see what you mean. It's, and there's, there's a lot of them that you do get used to seeing together. Like for me, I always remember it was the classic, at least it seemed like for me, it was always Ninja or Scareglow. You'd always see them, of course, you know. Good team. And it seems so odd, but. Yeah, a ninja uh, yeah, and a, a ghostly character. It's like, it sounds so strange, but it works. You know, I mean, they both have, you know, each of their own types of attributes. I mean, heck, you could even say ninja or slightly in a way could be ghostly because how he's appearing in the dark. Well, yeah, they're both silent, uh, silent, you know, evil warriors, you know. One's a, one's a ghost or ghost-like and the other one is a ninja where they, they definitely would, would play up on the... the uh, element of surprise right and what makes them memorable again like you were saying with some of the characters in filmation is every time they were introduced it seemed like you know whether it was in the mini comic whether it was in a star marvel comic or their story from one of the uk ones they always had their debut in those comics together and it's always a slightly different little origin and some of them with abilities especially scare glow he for you know we covered him before he always had something yeah. different but those are I mean, that's a, a pair up that I always, you know, got a kick out of seeing together. And here's another one. This is one that you you definitely seen once. You wanted to see more of. And it's not a really likely pair that you're going to always see together. But Evelyn and Tila, like, for example, Witch and the Warrior. To see, you know, two unlikely characters try to team up, try to get along, work together. You know, didn't you, at least for me, I wanted to see more of that. Of course, you know, Evelyn had to be bad. But I was always hoping, man, could could they team up again? Will Eva Lynn be good? I mean, I don't know if you got that same thing out of them, but I like that little like back and forth with them. It, it, they definitely, you know, I I think they give her Paul Dini gave her like a lot to work with, like character wise, where she she hints at, at like you know what, yes, this woman is devoted to evil, but you know, there's there's enough in there. You know, when she makes a point to sell Tilly, you know, it's a shame that, you know, you and I, you know, we make a great team. Like, for her to make a point to say that shows that she respects, you know, uh, what Taylor can, can bring, regardless of, of what side she fights on. She respects Tila as a warrior and obviously as a as a tag team partner in the kind of situation they're in. And, of course, at the end of the episode where, you know, she does not attack any of them, 
before she disappears. And like they said, this is probably about as close to a thank you as we're going to get from her. Mm-hmm. Probably because she does feel uh, troubled to, to show any kind of gratitude. Right. You know, because of who she is. And she definitely wants to maintain that persona. Someone's like, no, I can, I'm not interested in doing that. I don't want you to think that I am. But, you know, it's, it's fun to have characters that are a little bit conflicted, but certainly I wouldn't want to see, yeah, as a kid, you think otherwise, but as an adult, I don't, I don't need people to be pulling a Darth Vader here and be, in, you know, turn to the side of good and, and they've got, you know, a seat on the, uh, the Royal Palace Council or something like that, you know, so, but it, it, it was fun, to, much like with He-Man and Skeletor and uh, Evil Seed. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, which is not really a super team up, but they're really forced together and, and it's, it's just like kind it. of a fun. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's fun. Yeah, you still like liked it. it. And it was to see that shot of, uh, you know, them along with the social Orco, or show, you know, using their powers all at the same time. And, uh, and he might even say, look, we did it. You know, if we could work together. And of course, he's like, Skeletor is not having any of it because that's the way it needs to be. But it's still food for thought when your imagination's running like, what would that be like? Right, because you know? I mean, you do, you enjoy, you always like seeing when the bad guy, you know, finally somehow in a little instance, maybe sees the light and he's doing something good. But of course, again, like you said, you can't have it be permanent because then you have no story. You're not going to have the good guy and bad guy. It's in the prison special where the villain has no real respect, you know, or at least from a viewer standpoint, it's where you you kind of, I'm not knocking the Christmas special. I respect it. and But it, uh, you know, when you got Skeletor really being really good, you know, it's not something you definitely want to feel like. Because when it ends, it's not like Skeletor decides, I don't like this. I'm going back to Snake Mountain. Where it's like, no, it's left with him feeling good and stuff like that, too. Sure. So you don't don't necessarily want to end it on, on that kind of note with that kind of story. But no. it works in the context that particular story but and th- there have been so many i mean you got your your, your standard ones of like you know beast man and trap jaw or trap jaw and merman like a double-edged sword where they work pretty well together but a um a trap jaw team up that i'm it's, it's um not necessarily like two buddies working together but him and lord mask you know, to see Trapjaw working for someone that's clearly his superior, but that's not Skeletor, and it's not really someone he's like a, a lackey. He's obviously under, you know, you kind of get the idea that War Mask has hired this guy to work for him and use his machines to help him, you know, uh, get rid of the, uh, the the fortress in the sands in that episode. So it's it's just fun to see Trapjaw, like, you know, I'll hire my services out to this guy, and they're working closely together there. It's a team-up that kind of feels like it was, uh, well, of course, Skeletor hires all these guys, but it's it was just refreshing to see that, and as a kid, it used to kind of throw me aback. I'm like, I'm not used to seeing the Evil Wars work for anybody other than Skeletor. So yeah, that's it was a, just, it's odd. It definitely, like you It's said. odd, but I, I think it's. I just think it's so cool, though, as an adult. I just think, oh man, that's that's awesome to see Trapjaw working with this very mysterious character like that. I love it. Yeah, you like seeing, like you said, some of the outside sources and things that you really wouldn't, well, wouldn't expect, and sometimes just seeing completely different people. Like, was it? I could be getting the character wrong, but was it Snoob who 
was with Whiplash when they were doing that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just, I again, like you said, sometimes when you'd see not only just, uh, you know, like you said, Skeletors, somebody that always listens to Skeletor then with somebody else. But then when you see somebody that works for Skeletor being their kind of own boss, you know, like Whiplash is now doing his thing and has somebody working for him. You know, team ups can be so, like I said, refreshing. Because it adds a different element to where you're not always expecting to see. It's always Skeletor being the one that's leading. You always have to see Skeletor in every episode. That's why sometimes the most memorable episodes sometimes are ones where he's not even in because you're seeing things you're not used to seeing in the show. Yeah, that really kind of forces him to, to really mix it up and, and to, to pick somebody from his ranks and throw them into the story and then either pair them up with somebody or – like in um, we'll stick to the issue of the idea of Whiplash. Like in Betrayal of Stratos, he's working with Skeletor, but in that episode, he's he's working with Kroll, the King of Demons. In that episode, where it's not necessarily, you know, he's one of the guys helping steal the egg. He's just keeping it for Skeletor while he's kind of running the Demon Zone in that episode, and, and then has dealings with Kroll. And it, it was just a, uh, again, it was just really cool to see. An evil warrior that's, yeah, technically working for Skeletor, but not not so much in the usual, you know, where they're running along with Skeletor, you know, for a common thing. He's just kind of off doing his own thing, not so much hanging out at Snake Mountain. Yeah, and that was, uh, you know, and that was my introduction to Whiplash. Was oh, that was episode. it? No kidding. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. See, yeah. So I hated Trouble and Trolla when I saw Whiplash working with Snoop. I was like, man, this episode sucks. <laughs> He's like, yeah. Because it was on the Skeletor's Revenge VHS tape, and they play it up as if, like, it was it's supposed to be the episode where Skeletor almost got He-Man. That's the way it's introduced to you when you watch it. Oh. And then you watch it. Skeletor's not even in it, let alone did Whiplash come even close to getting He-Man. You just want to flip the table over and leave the room. Oh, you're saying that was a description on the back of the VHS box or something, or what? Well, no, like, the Skeletor's Revenge VHS tape, it's all this footage of it's brand new footage that was just done for this tape to help promote season two. And it's Skeletor, Beastman, and Evelyn talking about the the new heroic warriors that He-Man's found, which, you know, oh, buzz okay. off fist of man. And you see footage. What tape and is the this evil again? Would you say the tape is called again? It's Skeletor's Revenge. Wow, and it's it's footage that was here, just... Here, I got yeah, myself. show it to everybody. That's awesome. See, this is the kind of stuff... That's why you're the VHS yes. expert. Okay, so for this tape, they create original footage to, like you said, describe the new Original character. footage created this VHS tape. It's got Web Store attacking He-Man on the cover. And did this make it into any of the DVDs? No. Wow, what a shame. All right, man, well, I'm going to have to hit eBay, and yeah, now you can I have other people. You can see it on the back here, but it's got um, a picture from uh, um, uh, Cat and the Spider, a random picture of Orko Man at Arms, which I couldn't tell you right off where it's, and then a picture of Whiplash and, uh, and Merman. Oh, that's awesome. Holding uh, pistol, laser pistols on it. It's extremely hard to find on eBay. I had to pay, I think, a little over 20 bucks, but it took forever to find it because I only saw it as a rental and rented it one time and thought it was cool but disappointing in the same same uh, breath because the episodes that were on this tape were not as – uh, as exciting as I hope and hope they would be. Like I found the footage in between the episodes to be a lot more exciting. Wow. Well, I'm so. gonna have to try to find that, and I'm sure other people will be searching now too. Because that's why I said that's what's so cool. I always like you know your perspective on Masters of the Universe because 
you know, like you said, you did most of your, well, I guess, experience in it from the renting. You got to watch it over and over. And then you found all these cool little things that not a lot of fans yep. knew about. Because me, again, I just watched it right when it was on TV. That's it. And I would just catch repeats. But I never had a desire to rent them because I was like, well, I've seen all these. But you have a, a really unique perspective. And that's what I always like is, again, I just learned something I had no clue about. I'm sure probably everybody else, probably maybe they did know. But if they didn't. Dang, you learn something new every day, I guess. Yeah, I know uh, James Hetock had, had mentioned about trying to put that together for his YouTube channel. So hopefully one day we'll, we'll, James will get around to doing that. That'd be great. No, that really would. Because like uh -oh. I said, all these, these yeah. matchups and things. See, then there's, you know, okay, I'll, I'll bring up one to where maybe there ain't too much to it. But it's when, okay, you start seeing some things and wishing it could have been done better. Because I know that. You know, sometimes we don't talk a lot about MYP. It's not mean it's bad because I loved MYP. But I felt like they really missed it with a particular team up, in my opinion. Trust. Oh, what did you say? The episode Trust. And who, wait, which one was in Trust? Because, again, I don't know them all off the top of my head. Stratos and Trapjaw having the team up. No, this, I okay. wish Clawful and Whiplash in general, speaking of Whiplash, yeah, yeah. The, logically, just judging by their size, you, you kind of can see them as a team up. But yeah. being them players, they got dumb in the head, all kids in the butt. Right. You know, I hated it's... that. I hate that they had to dumb them down to death. Because uh, you had they created now two behemoths, in my opinion. Well, obviously, as you see, two big looking suckers. That man, if these guys team up and they want to fight. Man, this would be a good, you know, you know, thing to see, I guess, you know, when having anybody pitted up against them. But they had to dumb them down, make them talk that stupid way. Because, I mean, picture this. Picture Whiplash from Filmation with his sinister way he talked in his mind, you know, the things he could think of, and put that mind into the body of MYP Whiplash. Man, that would have been a bad character. Same thing with Clawful being introduced in uh, Driel's Return, where he's, there's another team up. Yeah, you get Clawful and Trapjaw yeah, teaming up on the run, yeah. stealing the horn from Trolla. That Clawful, you put that that persona in the MYP Clawful, you've got a deadly tag team. Wow. You've got, you know, the 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 brain busters. You've <laughs> got the powers of pain. You can call them the Legion of Doom, the Road Wars. You can call them whatever because those are the two the two big hulks that are going to come in there and just tear the house apart. Yeah, and it's it's like I said. And they so, missed a really big opportunity there. I, I still wish they could. I, I don't know what their decision was to turn them into the two big oaks. I wish it wouldn't happen because you're right, right there with the two sinister characters from Filmation, with the two giant suckers from MYP, you could have created a fantastic tag team. And like I said, because there's so many we talked about and there's still others, but is there one that maybe you didn't see a lot of, or maybe not even at all, but is there a tag team in your mind that you thought, could have been cool to be together. Two characters working together that would have been really imposing. Fisto and Clamp Champ. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah that would be cool. Especially I, I if they just, could have been in Filmation together. I That, and I, I just always seem to kind of, you know, because their armor, obviously, is the same armor. But some, for, I was, aside from that, I just linked them as, like, I can see these, these two guys running around and saving a village as being attacked by, you know, jitsu and strong arm or something like that you know you just you know where they the episode they might have a a bit of difference as to how things should be done and they kind of 
are better with each other. And in the end, they, they kind of come to terms of, hey, we can work together or, or what? I, or I could see them as two guys who hang out in a tavern and have a few have a few ales and then, all right, we're getting to a bar fight with Clawful, you know, and Whiplash here. You know, they start, you know, put on some Hank Williams Jr. and you got a big bar fight with these four guys. <laughs> I like that. Uh, I like that. But those two and – um um. Oh, I was gonna say, um, gosh, I had like I, I, I have so many of these. Um, you know, uh, for some reason, I, I tend to link these two together a lot. Is uh, Triclops and Trapjaw? Isn't it weird that Trapjaw really goes? And it's I, almost like Evil Lynn. Those teams, I mean, those two seem like they can go with anybody. They're interchangeable. You could put you yeah. could put them with anybody. It still works, right? But I, I, I don't like the idea of uh, – because I, I feel like with the Evil Warriors, like it, I, I like it with Clawful because he's he's brand new to the show. You want to establish him as somebody that needs to be taken seriously. But I'd like to see Triclops and Trapjaw as almost equals of each other, you know, in, in, in to where they, they both respect what the other one can do. And you're not saying, oh, I'm working with Trapjaw because he's he's a big klutz and he'll do whatever I tell him to do or vice versa, you know. Okay. I, I picture them two, you know, we think of like the mini comic versions of them, you know, the Trapjaw and, and Triclops from the mini comics is very serious characters to be to be dealing with. I'm like, that that's a serious tag team or are those two working together? Especially especially that, you know, Trapjaw is just pretty much, you know, a diabolical character and Triclops is very cunning and smart. Just like that, that, that this it just works perfect, I think, together. Yeah, uh, no, I agree. I mean, especially I don't know for what it is. I mean, the reason, but Trapjaw really does work so well with everybody. And you know, I always just like you, I have a lot of filmation things that are you know running through my head, but then I go to characters that I never seen a whole lot of. Meaning, sure, they had so many comic stuff, but the ones especially one of them I'm going to talk about never appeared in, you know, a filmation episode and that's Extendar. And I used to, as a kid, I loved playing with Extendar and Ram Man out of all people together. Those were two characters because for some reason, the armor aspect. Yeah. The armor aspect really works with that. Yeah. Yeah, it does. There's an armor aspect. And then you had one that springs to bang in the stuff. And then you had the other guy that just basically, you know, quadrupled in size from his legs to his waist, to his neck, to his arms. And he seems so super powerful and imposing. And I used to love having them banging, you know, like, you know, knocking characters down and just using their strength. And they seem like two super strong characters. And like I said, I don't know if it's just the armor that was in my head as a kid, but it felt like they were unstoppable. You know, these two characters. I, I guess them, you know, kind of you know, doing the whole Arnold and uh, and Carl Weathers thing, you know, where they they you know do kind of you know, clap their their palms together, but do that <laughs> right before they go in and rip you know rip people some new ones. You I know? like that. I like that. Yeah, you know, kind of like they're doing the whole it's clobbering time, but that's like a, a running joke between the two of them right before they go into battle because they know we're going to come in here and we're not walking out of here until we've got everybody lying on the ground kind of mentality. So I, I like that. Good, good, yeah. Well, like I said, it's, it's just weird. It's your imagination as a kid. Sometimes just things that you do, and then it sticks with you. And, well, I guess that's one of them. Another one, this is unlikely, but they were the other two I put together. And this had nothing to do – okay, again, it's going to bring up your 87 movie. Again, I never, when watching the 87 movie, ever asked, where's Orko? I never had an issue with that. When Gwildor was there – I accepted Gwildor. 
I never really knew that, you know, then they said, oh, well, back then, supposedly they couldn't, they didn't have the effects to do Oracle, so Gwildor was created, or whatever the story is. But I never knew that even as a kid. But isn't it funny that as a kid, those were the other two, I used to put Gwildor and Oracle together. It just felt like, you know, one was magic. They're both like little mini creature characters. Both little guys. You could kind of feel like they would sympathize with each other as kind of being the the, the, the smaller character, well, that, them and Rotar. You know, oh, where yeah, they right. like the smaller guys amongst these group of, you know, muscles and, you know, wild and crazy powers and things like that. So, yeah, I, I could see them, too, as like, you know what, there's a, a kinship between those two because they are, you know, they can only do so much, even though Orko's kind of characters, you know, can be written as like extremely powerful in certain episodes and other episodes where it's like, you know, his magic doesn't work. So he's not much use, unfortunately. So. Right. Did you ever, um, and I'm not sure if there ever has been, but has there ever been any kind of media, you know, I know like the mini comics, obviously, I don't think I remember seeing any, but has there ever really been a meetup of those two, Orko and Gwildor together that you can think of in any? No, as, as far as far as I know, I don't, I don't, I, I can't, other than like the, um, the, uh, the, the checklist, well, not checklist, but the big character poster that had all the current characters like even the dinosaurs in that and that one poster and i don't i almost want to say i don't even know if orko's even in that poster is um he, you mean the art poster or you mean the the art poster that's got you know all the 87 new, new characters plus all three dinosaurs and it's got all three fa- all four factions of, of heroes and villains all featured and you've got snake mountain and castle grayskull the william george it's, one you're talking about the big battle poster is that what the, what... yeah the big battle poster yeah uh, god i know you're right i know gwildor's on it that's at preternia gwildor's on it but i, I don't think because or, orko's on you know some of the others but i don't think huh. you know i, I don't have it I by don't... me to look but you're right i'm on one of them i think God, I'm trying to think. Is you're right? I mean, but then again, I, I don't, I don't have him with me at the moment or anything like that. So I, I or have him, have him accessible because I know that, Oracle. So I, I thought was on. You know, like I said, there's four of those posters. I can no, definitely off the top of my head. I think he's on the first one. Right, he's on the first one. Oracle's on the first one. He's also yeah. on the one where. God, is it the one that features the, the hoarder? Or uh, Eternia. I know he's on a couple. I just don't know if he's on that Preternia one, but I know he's yeah, I don't, definitely I, on two. I, I don't think he is because that one doesn't feature every character. Not everybody's featured there. I mean, they got a lot of them, but not everybody. Well, now somebody out there, they'll probably definitely double check for us. I'm sure by the time we're off this podcast, we could go look too. But I know Orc yeah. was on two, maybe three, but I don't know about Preternia. But yeah, just seeing those two together, especially if they did create new media, whether, you know, a cartoon a whole different set of comics, mini comics. It'd be cool, in my opinion, of putting them together because then it kind of like, it's not disre- disregarding the other because how they want to say Gwildor is a replacement of Oracle and some people hate Gwildor because of it. So maybe putting them together to where you have the one that's the little inventor guy and then the other one that's doing magic and maybe they could try to work together to do things. I think it would just be something cool to see those guys, you know, in the same comic doing something together. I like that one and um uh one that was featured in um snakes alive the the star comic um that pretty much introduced to the snake men and rio blast and snout spout ah and ever since i saw that i i even on my shelf right here i've got rio blast and snout spout along with the Xendar, 
Stone Dollar Rock on and Fearless Photog. I, I mean, I, I kind of made them a group, but Snout Spout and Rear Blast, I, I've always linked together ever since that Snakes Alive comment because in that they're established as like not really respecting each other in that one. You know, obviously the snake men come you know, come out and about, but it's just like, you know what? I, I, I see those two guys just because of the the banter and then they kind of grow to like work together in that one too. It, the, the same kind of cliche where you don't get along, but you do in the end kind of thing. But I like the idea of those two working together also. Yeah. And again, two characters that, you know, never got, you know, much uh, exposure beyond the mini comics. I mean, yes, we got hose nose slash snouts about whatever in a couple episodes, you know, here and there, but no real blast has ever shown up. And except beyond- no blast is, the prototype yeah. for it, but you know, it's still still not the same. It's not. I wish we could have got him. I thought it would have been so cool to see Rio Blast in that cartoon. Like I said, you did get Colonel Blast, who basically, same thing, but it still wasn't the same, though. So we never got that, you know, pairing together. Because beyond the mini comics, did they uh, did they show up in a Star Marvel comic, too, to where they were together, or no? Um, trying to think if they were... Do what, no, do what now? Real Blast and Snout Spout, did they also make an appearance in any of the Star Marvel comics back then together? That's what, that's what I'm talking about, the Snakes Alive Star Marvel comic. That, oh, that's Jesus. Where I'm sorry, I, I went blank. I was sitting there thinking you were talking about a mini-comic the whole time. There it goes, shows where my head is. Modulus, he's basically working on his other head. He's not paying attention to me here. It's like, oh, he's talking about that? Yeah, he's talking about mini-comic. Don't even listen. <laughs> but weren't they also... Uh, now I'm like, I, I guess I'm lost. So they weren't in a mini-comic together at all? No, no, Snoutspout had his own, and Rio Blast had his own, too. Now, now they are featured in the uh, Eternia mini-comic, you know, the Eternia playset mini-comic. And um, I want to say that probably, I think they're featured in that one. I was just kind of glancing that one earlier today, because Extendar's in that one, too, I believe. Okay. It's like the whole the whole 1986, the, 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 uh, the trio of, of heroic warriors were kind of lumped together. You know, you, you see those guys kind of working together a little bit, but... Um, um, yeah, I just snout spout and Rio blast complete opposites, you know, uh, a gun slinging, you know, kind of cowboy character with a firefighting, you know, cybernetic elephant. I wish they could have gave more of like but, in the UK. I know that they gave, you know, like you said, more origins to these characters like Rio blast and snout spout. And with snout spout, when you seen he was, you know, being, you know, experimented on by the horde you then see all these extra abilities he has, which I think would have gave him a little more respect by people possibly in the United States if they could have seen that beyond just the water that comes out of his nose. They had him shooting, I thought, like, you know, ice and beams and water. I couldn't even remember if it was fire, but Snoutspot was shooting a lot of stuff out of his nose, so it wasn't just for putting out fires. They made him kind of like, you know, an imposing character to, I guess, get around that gimmick of a hose nose, you know, that some people just didn't like. I don't know. I respected the character. I thought he was awesome. I, I, I just, just like with Stinkor and 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 people from the '87 movie, where the all the people in the 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 age of the early early days of form stuff like that, and they're all knocking these characters. I'm thinking, what is wrong? You just bought people? it. I mean, you're kids. You you excel. I know I did. Any figure that came, you know, out I, I, I couldn't imagine. I mean, and it's like, yeah, I came along, you know, a lot later than everybody else, you know, but I was still like. Who's that guy? Who's that guy? And Snout Spout was no no different. I just who's the elephant guy? I want the elephant guy. Right. So, you know, and I didn't even know Extendor was even an action figure till I got a little bit older. Like I just saw him in the Snake's Snake Attack mini comic, but I'm like I didn't know they made a figure of until I think uh, the the real real early days of the internet or 
Yeah. When I saw like a picture, I'm like, oh, they actually made a figure of that guy. Oh, no, wait. I got him from my friend Patrick Carrico, I believe. The guy that they had to fix me up with a. Oh, with all, all the other man. figures? Exactly. No, because yeah. he'd yeah, somebody... I, think, I think he gave it to me. Yeah, because Extendar would be another one that if you were somebody that, you know, did come into the line late and you looked at all these figures, Extendar really doesn't look like he would fit in because of his slightly different, you know, shape and everything in his feature. He didn't have that typical buck body we're used to. So him along with Stonedar Rock on, especially the energy zoids, people would never expect those to be He-Man. And I don't even have to say the meteorbs because they don't look like it. But yeah, when you have characters that don't look like they fit in, then sometimes they just get lost in the shuffle when you're kind of, like you said, just starting to learn and collect. Well, it's had I been told that they that they were figures, I I, I, I would have bought them no matter what. If, if I had seen the meteorbs, and with the, the He-Man packaging, yeah, and, and somebody had given it to me for Christmas, something like that. Oh, you, you bet I would have, I would have, you know, accepted every single bit of it. I had, I mean, yeah, I had no problem accepting any anything that you were telling me as a, as a kid. You know that this is a He-Man character. This is not, or you know, it's I, I bought every bit of it. Yeah, your I, mind I just, exploded, like you said, especially as being a kid. There's no way you would pass that stuff up. I remember still going into Hills, and I still have all the tops of the cards from the Meteorbs. But when you're going in looking for new stuff, and I remember seeing these smaller packages, Masters of the Universe logo, and of course you're grabbing, it's like, what in God's name is this? And you look at the one, and it's one thing, and it's like you start, you know how you'd go in back of the one peg, and the figure and figure, and you're rolling, yeah. it's like, wait, one, two, three, four, five. And then I go underneath, one, two, three, four, five. I was like, there's ten of these things. I was like, what in God's name? And of course, I end up getting the meteorbs and just loving them. You go home, and you're popping them open, transforming them, and... Yes, whether they're obviously trying to capitalize on the Transformer gimmick, you didn't care. It was He-Man. Use your imagination, and you love. No, I wouldn't have cared. I love the little McDonald Transforming toys that was like a a hamburger and fries and milkshake stuff that transformed. So yeah, if I had the meteorbs that transform, oh my, I I would have been playing with them just as much. So I I love keep reminding people that it's foolish to to neglect these characters, you know, and to to have still not gotten a single one thrown in. With any of the classic figures, you know, you know, here's hoping that Super Seven can acknowledge that that um, big missing hole because it is. I think have, they will. Yeah. So, but so um, we, uh, yeah, we didn't mean to do a side tangent. Like I said, I think we covered a lot of good tag teams. We went on a little side tangent rant, but well, we'll get to something to where it's a story, and maybe there is kind of another little slight team in there. But how about we discuss this? book right here and that is the secret of the dragon's egg now this is oh i didn't know if you guys could see let me make sure i get that look can you see yeah, where it says yeah. gold I, I can see Maybe. just fine so you're, you're you're showing it okay all right right there i'm trying to show the corner that's a golden book it's a golden book just in case because i know there's sometimes confusion people thought that might have been uh, the reason I'm saying this is Goatman, this is where he makes his appearance. Is probably, his, I mean, his only vintage appearance ever. Goatman is in this. And some people thought he came from a Ladybird book. It's not Ladybird, it's a golden book. So Yeah, I wonder if some people are. I don't know, but yeah, definitely you got to know that, well, like I said, at least that's where, you know, where he comes from. So speaking of the secret of Dragon's Egg, why don't you start it off to you, Rex, and give a little thoughts of, you know, the book itself. It's, um... It's got your boy in it. It's got Fisto. It's got your boy in it. It's got Fisto and Stridor in it and a great cast of of villains featured in it and just a very simple story of trying to 
recover this dragon artifact uh, before Skeletor gets it. And it's pretty pretty much the story in a nutshell without going into all the details about it. But I um, I didn't learn about this book till I was in elementary school. And our, our the, the school library had a side of the library that to me was targeted towards the more adult kids, which that meant fifth graders. If you did, okay. That was to the adult. And I, I think in third or fourth grade, I just happened to wander over there and mixed in with all these other books. I mean, the variety, I don't, it was, it was just all these different books. It was these other golden books of He-Man that were not lumped in with all the children's books that were on the lower shelves and all the science books and, and history books and stuff like that. And Secret of the Dragon's Egg was, was one of those that I, that I found. And, and I, I went back and would check that one out along with Meteor Monsters and the Magic Mirrors and the Sword Shira uh, Golden Books. And this, hold on real quick. This is the library inside your school, you said? Yeah. It, when I went to Riverlawn Elementary, the, 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 the I mean, obviously, I, I, was, I started there in 1989. And they still had He-Man books to check out in the school library, but they were not where the children's stuff is at. So it was just blind luck that I wandered over to the more, I guess the older kids section and saw, cause they weren't, they didn't weren't like paper thin. They were, it's like they were kind of hard, hard covers. Yeah. yeah I hard see covers of all these books. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's how I discovered all these other golden books that I never knew existed. Cause I just had the first, first three that came out, you know, caverns of fear, sword of Skeletor and, and, um, Thief of Castle Grayskull. So it was, and Secret of the Dragons, I, I checked out a lot specifically because of Goatman. Yeah. Isn't that something? I, I, and I even wrote stories, you know, and I would always force put Goatman because I loved writing lineups of characters when I was okay. a kid, especially the villains. Oh, okay. And I would always write Goatman into that lineup because I'm like, I don't know who he is, but he's a new evil warrior. And I got to put him in the lineup of cast of characters that are hanging out at Snake Mountain right now. So. A lot of uh, a lot of ties to that book, and um, it's just great to see. You know, Whiplash. It's like a, a almost like a, a gauntlet kind of story where the heroes are going through a variety of villains in different parts of of, of, of Eternia, all looking for the crystal um, that hopefully can unlock the, uh, the the treasure box that Fisto found. Let's see. Hold on. I gotta ask you something because that's when, in a way, I was uh... okay. This is when I was kind of confused, if you will. That Fisto at the beginning, you know, he shows up and he's been searching for years or whatever. And he's got a, a box, uh, a dragon box, whatever it's called. And he's, you know, this is supposed to help him find the location of the last remaining dragon's egg. And he start, he says, I don't have a key, but he starts smashing and banging on it. And you see cracks and debris of this box flying up. In another panel, then, you don't really see a break or anything or open, but he suddenly then has a map. I was under the impression that he got he banged open that box and got the map out of there that then said three hidden locations to where the dragon's egg or whatever could be, which then sends them into three different parts of Eternia. Like you said, you have, you know, one going somewhere, and then here's Whiplash to stop Man-at-Arms. Then you have somebody else trying to stop, I think, uh, Teela and He-Man or, or whatever, and somebody just trying to stop somebody else. But they're, oh, I'm sorry, and uh, Fisto, Fisto and Stridor being stopped by Goatman and Beastman and some other cool little creatures. Yeah. I always thought, hey, there was some, like, one guy almost looked like kind of like a wolf-Batman yeah, character. a wolf-human hybrid, you know. It was, it was yeah. pretty cool looking. 
yeah, and I like that they always throw things like that, but I was under the assumption that he already busted it open, and now this map is what they found in there that was leading him to the possible location of the egg. Because, I mean, am I getting that wrong? Because that's how I looked at it, because he didn't pull out the map at first. He just talked about, I got a, dra- you know, a dragon box or whatever, and he's got it. Well, because he says at the end, end of the story that the box just kind of makes a good a good memento for a very dangerous you know, adventure that we went on. So I took it as that they had a map, but he found the box because he thought it had something in it. Well, I'd be curious. I'd and like I, to see what, what fans will but, think of that then, too. I mean, like I said, you yeah. it's always something to look at. Like I said, it's just something to, I don't know. I, I mean, I was under the assumption it was open. Maybe it wasn't. But like you said, they're on this quest for a dragon's egg then. And the last place they look is a murky swamp or whatever, and that's where Merman is. And, of course, Merman finds the crystal. And, you know, he gets that back to Skeletor, and then Skeletor's thinking this will show him the location of the egg, and the crystal doesn't work, so he figures it's worthless. He-Man shows up, and then Skeletor's like, you want it? And he throws it, and lo and behold, that wasn't a crystal. That is the dragon's egg. And then it cracks open, it transforms, it starts getting uh, slightly bigger, you know, not gigantic. And then the mother shows up. The mother's upset, I need my baby back, you know? And that has that classic line about, you know, a child, you know the line. It's the one that you said before about any mother or life or baby is important. I didn't say that. Yeah, you did. You quoted that before. I thought you did quote something. I have never quoted that before. You just you did. You did it in one of the episodes where you quoted something. Of all the things I quote on the show, I, I can tell you 120% on on a stack of ripped up Thundercats comics that, that it's the truth. So on, on, here we go. On, on, on these Burger King comic book cups. <laughs> I have never quoted Secret of the Dragon's Egg here. Oh, God. Okay, well, Joe, on, on the three that I own here, I, you know. Like, put your hand on it. Swear. Put your hand on it. And hold I got both hands. I swear on these Burger King collector cups. Well, Joe had a moment. I have never quoted Secret of the Dragon's Egg on here. Well, I, I thought you did, but I guess not. But anyways, yes, the, the mother comes back for the baby. Because, I mean, the whole plot was they thought if they found it, and He-Man was thinking, heck, they would be able to, you know, then train that dragon to, you know, work, you know, I guess work for them, be a steed or whatever. But, but yeah, but in there, you are seeing, you know, some cool little matchups. And that's when you first see Goatman. Stridor shows up with Fisto. And here's Beastman, here's Goatman, here's all these other little, like, uh, underling characters. And that's when, that's why I was holding my other tag team to last. I always thought it would be cool to see more of Beastman and Goatman, because Beastman's basically telling Goatman, you know, what to do, you know, tell him to go get him. And yeah. Beastman thought there was a cool little thing. Beastman says he can control all animals. You know, he sits there and tells Fisto that, you know, now I'm going to control Stridor and Stridor bucks off Fisto. And, you know, because that's what Beastman can, can do. But then it was all a ruse. You know, it didn't work. It was just a trap for them to strike back because since Stridor is obviously robotical, the mind powers of controlling a beast doesn't work on Stridor. But you did get to see Goatman, another cool character that I'm so glad you made stories of him because you know once you've seen him, just like I did and you did, you wanted to see more, and we never got more Goatman. Yeah. It's unfortunate that we didn't get to see more of that character. It, it was so exciting to, to to turn to that page and see Skeletor, Merman, Whiplash, and Goatman all standing over the, the pool that instead of the the – the, the council table where Skeletor has the, the, the glass dome that, you know, observes they use a pool, kind of like Mom Ra uses. And to see that character, like, who is that? Because they don't say who he is until you get a little bit later on. And um, 
And weren't you glad they did say it? Because sometimes with yeah, the I was background glad he characters, yeah. So to have another character that's just kind of there in the background and was just drawn because the, 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 the artist decided to have a little fun and create his own character. But, but it made sense. Uh, I mean, Goatman, you know, it's, it works. He looks great. He looks evil. And um, to have him, and I took it too, as someone who kind of works with Beastman, you yeah. know, someone that Beastman kind of, not mind controls, but, you know, is someone that, that you know, he, he works alongside Beastman. Maybe he's considered kind of more of a brute than Beastman and, and work and just, you know, probably is a bit more of a, a simpleton maybe. And, and Beastman does, can control him because of his animal-like um, uh, likeness or, or whatever. Or maybe he's just someone's just like, I work with work with Beastman. Kind of like Clawful and Trapjaw. One just happens to be a little bit more superior than the other. Sure. And yeah, with different ways you can look at it. Yeah, and with Beastman and Goatman, you kind of have the brothers in red, you know, they kind of their color scheme works together. They look like a perfect tag team. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, you can see them be working working alongside together in other adventures too. So that it just it just looked great. And he's such a cool looking character. You know, just like with Lizard Man and Icer and Strong Arm, just characters that want you know, one 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 shot aside from Lizard Man where you're just like, oh man. They look so cool, and and it was it was cool to find out, you know, over the years that fans did like the character, and that they sure. thought, hey, he's cool, and he deserves a figure. Yeah, and it's good. Like it's like you said, since his name was spoken, it's weird. It's like once your name is spoken, you now have life, because again, like okay, in that same panel we're talking about all the characters, you know, there's this character in the background that has, like we said, it's kind of like a wolf slash humanoid outfit something but he has no name so it's like he's not relevant but you wonder if he would have spoken like you know like you know wolf dominator wolf basher or name somebody in the background i'll be like hey wait that guy's got a name it always helped when they got that name because then it's like it's official this character has a name he's somebody and that is what made Goatman special because i think if they wouldn't have called out his name in that book you know sure people still would have liked him because he had a cool you know design but it makes it less important. I don't know if that makes sense, but you know what I mean? The, the names really do help. Yeah, but but then again, too, also fans gravitate towards characters that it's surprising that, that there's certain characters drawn in the backgrounds of certain many comics or storybooks that really aren't given much of anything, and yet people think that's a cool-looking character, even though they're not even acknowledged, they're not even given a name, they're just simply drawn in to help fill in the space. And What makes it, though? People think, think... What makes some characters get that, you know, that recognition to where you notice? So, like you said, there are characters in the background. I mean, for me... I guess it really just depends on what you're looking for. I mean, it really depends on what kind of characters stick out to you. I mean, like, with me, everybody sticks out to me. You know, any of the heroic wars, I'm looking at them right now. If I see them in the story, I, I'm like, hey, that's cool. You know, uh, buzz offs in this or many faces in this. That's cool and that's awesome. But, uh, you know, I, I, it's hard for me to think because I, I just don't have that affinity for characters that were just kind of just drawn um, without giving a name. I mean, even if they were random monsters like the ice hacker and the shadow beast from filmation you know they're they're just considered fodder for he-man to beat up on but they they still look cool even though they're just kind of mindless monsters so i guess it really just depends you know i like there's attention for the 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 king his slave girl 
which sure. looks a lot like the this of Conan the Barbarian, where she's kind of at Thulsa Doom's feet. This girl's wrapped around King Hiss's, you know, leg, and there's an affinity for that for that girl, you know, like a priestess or a girl that worships King Hiss and. Even that stupid, it, I guess war because guy. I guess because of how it was presented, you know, I right. instantly thought Conan the Barbarian when I got older, and, and and I'm like, oh, I think Conan the Barbarian when I see that that girl, you know, at his feet. Sure, but it, I guess it really just depends. We because no one can predict the things that that hit us. No one, you could, I mean, who could predict that the meteors would be the 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 like the the trademark of joe motto is a fan like everyone people think joe motto they think meteor right, i mean it's just not not everything but they think that is always associated with you no, no, and you, that's just because they they stuck up to you so much yeah that's yeah it's again you're right i think sometimes when you'll speak a lot of something that or of a particular character or thing and get it out there then it sometimes catches fire like something is you know for example as silly as the tug of war guy in yeah. one of the mini comics that people are like, man, he'd be cool. But otherwise, he's forgotten about. But there's, like you said, there's characters that I think you speak enough of them, you show them. Like, I'm going to start showing pictures of, I mean, that, that book, like I said, it was a good story, Secret of the Dragon's Egg. I mean, we're not going to say the whole story because we still want fans to like to read it themselves and enjoy it. Yeah. That's why we're just popping highlights. But beyond Goatman, there is the other character I was telling you about that really wasn't paid attention, but I might scan them, pop a picture online, see what people think. I mean, there was so many little details, even the artists like at the beginning. I don't know if you ever noticed, but on the first page, if I'm not mistaken, when Fisto shows up, if you look at the bottom, look real close to the bottom by the weeds, you'll see a small little woman that's a fairy and she's, and she's flying. She's got oh, these... I didn't notice that. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's like, I never even paid attention. I was like, that's a cool little, you know, I can picture that being a cool little accessory as a little mini character, but it's not something that's like a quick afterthought where they do that quick little line, legs, and an outline of maybe, you know, like breasts. I mean, this character was drawn and just, but it's just a background character, but it's kind of cool, this little mini fairy. So, Secret of Dragon's Egg, like I said, good story, nice little twist at the end for, you know, certain things, and then just a lot. And the artwork is really good in this one. I like it. Yeah, I mean, artwork, Love the artwork. Yeah, the artwork and story were both great. It went hand in hand. And of course, you, you can never beat a cover. When you're getting a cover that has Earl Norum on there, I mean, I mean, that's an instant sell, even though, you know, the inside ain't like it. But hey, you got an art cover like that. That's it. Yeah, it, 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 in all honesty, too, most of the Golden Books were, were, were home runs. I mean, there, there was only a few of them that are just like, you know, eh. I, I mean, I, I think you could probably you couldn't even count on one hand the duds. I, I at least in my opinion, just so you know, the trap, the, hero, the trap is your the trap. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, I can't think of. You know, I I, I didn't read all the Shearer ones. I'm I, I was only uh, privy to two of them, so I don't know about all of those. But the He-Man ones, I yeah, I Magic Mirrors, uh, Rock Warriors. There's another team up that was in that was Jitsu and Webster Webstore. Oh, okay. Yeah, they teamed up in that one, which I'm like, oh my gosh, it's Jitsu Webster, and they're they're, they're teaming. It's so cool, man. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, that's that that's another good good solid thing about what we got is that even the children's books um, had great artwork for the most part. The stories were fun little adventures that they come off as like, oh, this is silly, even from a, a, a child's standpoint. I'm like, no, oh, this is this looks cool because Rotons featured in it too, or the Dragon Walkers in it, and definitely. You know, 
yeah, we, we were we were given so much and it's it's I think it's great that fans to this day still appreciate these little stories that were just simply just jobs for a lot of these guys and nothing more, but at least they, they weren't phoning it in. Heck yeah. All right, so that's that's in a nutshell, that's Secret of the Dragon Day. Now before we wrap it up, we gotta challenge each other back and forth with a mini comic cover. We gotta see if we can stump each other on a mini comic. So let me reach over. I'm gonna try to grab something. Hold on a second. See what I want. Well, I've already got mine in, in, in mind. I said before you go flipping through your book, it happens to be mine because I do not have my book. It's sitting in my other room here. Okay, because I have mine and I'll show up the answer when I'm done. But okay, go ahead. You try to get me. I need you to name every person that's on the cover of the Snake Attack mini comic cover. Okay, there's King Grandor, there's Queen Marlena, there's He Man, there's uh, Ratlor, and there's Tongue Lashor. And I think that's it. That's my final answer. Oh, wait. God, was Tila on there? Hold on. Was Tila on the cover? Was Tila on the cover? No, I'm going to stick with it. I'll say what I said. Did I miss somebody? I probably missed somebody. I'm, I'm still sticking with it. I'm sticking with it. Judges? Ah. Dang it. Who else was on there? Oh, Extendar. Oh, crap. He was. Oh, Jesus. He was. Well, See, he... I figured you would screw up on King Randor or Queen Marlena being was... on. I wouldn't think you'd miss Extendar. And he was over there by them on their side, wasn't he? Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, How you... about that? that? Now, this is when hey. I, I told myself I need to make sure I get George Costanza's laugh ready because if I stunt Joe, I'm going to play that. You know? I got to make sure I got that saved somewhere here to where I can play that. Well, I almost. You know? Oh, I almost had it. I guess I was a failure, but uh, I tried. Okay, well, you got me now. Uh, let, let's see what, what kind of you know brick and castle Grisco looks like. Lyndon B. Johnson. <laughs> you hate it when I do it. When I do it, it's something so stupid. All right. His his are just like some weird deformity that the artist just randomly drew, and in Castle Grayskull's farting purple stuff. No, what, what is it? All right. Now this one, it's it's true. All right. On this cover. There's an axe, but the axe has a green pole handle. So what cover has an axe where there's a green pole handle? Uh, the ultimate battleground? Suck, yes. The ultimate battleground, Skeletor has the green <laughs> sucker. All right, fine. Okay, well, well, you got yours. You stumped me, so you're the winner for the weekend. Congratulations. I, I should have got that other. I should have said it. Oh, oh, thank you. I appreciate that module lock. You're going to have to go back to the lab and kind of come up with a bigger brain buster than that I'll one get a this good, week. Next, I'm going to get you a good one next week. Trust me. Now I'm going to give one out to the fans. Now, this is from a mini-comic, a Vintage Masters of the Universe mini-comic. If you get this right, you know, the first person that gives the answer on the Fans of Power Facebook page, I'm going to send you a $1,000 grand Grayskull buck. It's the new money that I made up. You know, I've given out other bills before. This one, it's a, it's a Grayskull grand. That's what I'm going to give to the winner, whoever can post it first. And that is... Joe is in control of the counterfeit circuit, you know, amongst He-Man. Oh, oh, yeah, the counterfeit Masters of the Universe money. Yeah, he, he's like the Fratellis of, of the He-Man fan base, like the like the Fratellis and the Goonies, you know, with their counterfeit uh, machine down in the basement. $50 bill? $50 bill? $50 bill? 
we got the but they're together. fake. No, it's not. Oh. oh, sorry, we had a Goonies tangent. That was data. Okay. This one is pretty easy, though. I'm not trying to really give the fans something super tough. That's why I'll give something for fun. On this mini comic cover, it appears, it's like, oh, Tyler hates when I say that. It appears that there is something on this cover to where it looks like it has horns coming out of its elbows. So that's a. Uh... Dear God, subjecting people to this kind of stuff, which it's. it's... <laughs> Your stuff is like look, looking at uh, some sort of goofy drawing that's nothing but paint smears all over it, and ask, "Tell me, what, what do you see in this painting here?" <laughs> well, like I said, you know, is there people from Harvard would oh. only get something like that? <laughs> Good grief! Well, that's for them. First one that can answer that. It appears that on this mini comic cover, there's something on there that has horns coming out of its elbow. So if you're the first person to get the correct answer on the Fans of Power Facebook page, I will send you a Grace Gold Grand. So. Those are our stumps for the week, our trivia. Next week, I'll get you T-Rex, and hopefully then I'll be able to solve yours. I'm sure that you won't. All right, thanks. All right, <laughs> guys, before you wrap, before you wrap up, uh, I'm gonna, I want to do a, a shout-out here. Okay. Um, I've got a buddy named Ben Spencer, lives in Chicago, who does his own line of toys. And I just want to show real quick, this is a character he created called Galaxor. Oh, yeah. And, and you, you, if you order a Galaxor... Uh, it comes with interchangeable head, so you can choose. It comes with the horn head and the, the smooth head, and you can choose which one you want to put on the body. But one of the things that he does with these figures is he releases them in multiple colors. So as he goes along, if you like a particular color, like the you know Mega Man-looking one here, um, you know, if there's something in particular that catches your eye, you know, he does, he releases all these different colors. But this past week, he released his newest one, which I thought might be of uh, polycular. Hmm, let me try again. Particular, there we go, interest to you guys, which is this one. Oh, definitely. A color scheme <laughs> uh, that you guys might be a little more uh, in tune with. But, yeah, uh, for whatever reason, I can't see this, but I guess I'll see it on the, the YouTube video. I can't see You can't it. see it. No, it's, it shows a black screen for me, but uh, I know Benjamin Spencer does amazing things, so I can't wait to see this when I watch, I guess, the video later, but I no, I can't see it. Wow. All right, well, um, you're missing out. I see a thing of Z-Bots that were sold back in the 90s, the Micro Machine Z-Bots. That's what they remind me of. <laughs> they look really cool. All right, but anyway, I just thought that color scheme would catch your attention, so. Cool. Oh yeah, the, the, what I'm looking at right now, Joe, is a is a the, the figure the figures that he's making. One is is colored in the style of a horror trooper. Oh, okay, that's cool. All right, that's all right. Yeah, it it does look good. It looks really good. All right, well, I'll have to check it out. Um, check it out later. But yeah, that guy he does fantastic work. So, but all right, well, it's time to close it up. So before closing up, go ahead, Tyler, give your recommendations. Uh, as some people have probably seen, and I'm going to go ahead and plug it because it seems to have done quite well, and I just want to remind everybody that's out there, is Oliver Harper's retrospective on the live-action film that just uh, was made public this week and um, seems to be getting a lot of views. And from what I could see, even Gary Goddard, the director of the film, I think is, has gotten wind of this uh, retrospective. Um, I saw that he shared it on his Facebook page. So um, I just I thought that was really cool. So it's it's a fantastic look. It looks at the film, you know, quite fairly from somebody who 
is not an avid fan like we are. He loves the film. He knows knows the toys and the cartoon and had them as a kid, but doesn't doesn't share the the big uh, He Man passion that we do. But he loves the film and appreciates what was done. Uh, loves Frank Langella's performance and understands the the budget restraints and the problems with dealing with canon and stuff like that. It's all addressed in the retrospect. And to this day is is the longest documentary on the film that we've gotten 43 minutes of just talking about the film its release everything from beginning to end it's uh and, and also his thoughts on it so i'd like to plug that and um and my episode recommendation this week uh let's see here i'm gonna i'm gonna go with I'm trying to keep in tune with the tag team ideas that we that we've had here all right uh, you know what? Uh, I want to go with um, Island of Fear because it's not really – no, wait, that's not even really a tag team. I'm just thinking of two guys working together. You know what? Driel's return, simply because Clawful's such a badass in that episode. I don't like <laughs> – I don't care for the song in the episode. I never have, and I never will. But it's such a great first appearance of Clawful of them having somehow found a portal to Trala that even the sorceress seems to have limitations and opening, but man, these guys did it. Yeah, they sure did. So then <laughs> they come back and what's their first thing? We're going to conquer Castle Grayskull. The falls on these guys. So uh, yeah, that's my recommendation this week. If you haven't seen it or just want to see a good clawful episode, Driel's return from season one. Yeah, no, that that's a good one, especially just with the horn of evil and what destruction it can cause. Yeah. That's a pretty good episode. Yeah, yeah you, and you'll really love Yuckers. I'm sure that's everybody's uh, favorite character is Yuckers. <sighs> there, there are worse characters that that were that were developed. You know, like Crackers the Clown and Star Child. So even though Yuckers is, you know, I, I give him a pass because he's a trollin, but a trollin with a baseball cap is a little too close to our culture. So a little close, but still cool. I yeah, but it's still tolerable, and he he gets his comeuppance in the end. You know, and he ends up going back to Trolla with his head down. So it's not like he, you know, gee, I'm awfully sorry. It's like, no, he gets embarrassed and humiliated, and he ends up going back to Trolla with his head down. So well, that's, <laughs> that's a good it. one. All, all well for the viewer. All right, cool. Well, and as for me, you can always go to fansofpower.com, go to popculturenetwork.com, go to hemanworld.com. And on Facebook, go to the Masters of the Universe, He-Man and She-Ra Ultimate Fan page. Those are all great groups, all great people. So until next time... Have a powerful day. Take your toy back to the carpet. <laughs>